Welcome to another Tennis.com podcast, sponsored by American Express. American Express card members can get the most out of the U.S. Open. And also by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. And now here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey, everybody. Uh, new location for the Tennis.com podcast today. We're at the Taste of Tennis event in Manhattan. I'm here with... At I'm the Hotel W, of course. At the ho- we hip? Yeah, we... we, we a little extra bump for the studio. I'm here with a couple regulars, Pete Bodo and David Rosenberg, uh, who are joining me. Uh, thanks for making the ride up, as usual. Sure. David is going to be our talent wrangler, so when we do our interviews, he's going to be tackling people to try to get him over here for us. Yeah, I'm looking looking right now to see who's yeah, coming. We're going to try to get a couple players along the way and also uh, go over the open draw with you guys, uh, which just came out today. Um, and... Uh, like I said, I just want to mention first, again, that the Taste of Tennis, um, this is the 11th annual BNP Paribas Taste of Tennis. It teams up the world's best tennis players with New York's top chefs to create a star-studded celebration of food and fun, and the only place in the city where you can meet your favorite players and sample food prepared by world-class chefs from all of New York's top restaurants. So if you're in town some other time uh, during the Open, uh, make sure you stop by. So uh, with that said... We'll get into the draws here, the men's draw of the Open. And, um, Pete, you were at the draw today up in Flushing. Um, before we go into any of the players' you know, specifics, did anything you uh, took away from just being there, you know, the scene up there in Queens? Well, no- Novak Djokovic was supposed to be the, the sort of uh, player representative drawing the names out of the barrel for the draw, but he got lost, apparently, trying to find his way out to the National Tennis Center, which, if, you're, if you don't know New York, is very easy to do because the highway system is just... Kind of a nightmare is a kind way to put it, just in terms of how many different expressways and roads mm-hmm. and signs there are. And uh, the tournament was unwise enough, I suppose, to give Novak his own courtesy car to use rather <laughs> than just a driver who knows his way around. Hence, I don't know, even as we speak now, this being 6.30, 7 o'clock in the evening, Novak is, I don't know, I expect he's probably driving somewhere around Syasa <laughs> looking to get back oh, on it, on, onto the LIE going west. Number three in the world isn't what it used to be, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, but with that... We'll get to we'll get to Djokovic in just a minute. Uh, he's on the uh, on the other side of the draw. We're going to start up at the top with uh, Nadal, the mm-hmm. current French Open Wimbledon champion. You know, consensus after that was this could be finally the year that he breaks his hex in the U.S. Open and finishes the career slam. But uh, he actually, I'm looking at the draw. He's got a lot of I think guys, erratic guys who maybe in best of three could really i think they on the right day they could really trouble him on hard courts you got guys yeah. like lopez who beat him in queens you got luicic he won earlier this year you know ernest Golbus, david albany and guys that can really kind of go on and off in the moment's notice even uh Kohlschreiber. yeah Kohlschreiber is like an would be i guess his uh third round pick right or fourth or thir- yeah his third round pick would be Kohlschreiber. Third round, yeah. well but let's let's hold it a second here fellas you've got in the, in the top half of that quarter which means the 16 guys up there i guess right You've got really only Lubicic for him to, to really worry about. Granted, Lopez beating McQueen's, but I don't see Lopez beating him on a hard court and a, on, on a given day. I think a lot of people are going to be screaming cupcake draw when they read this because, you know, he's he's pretty well positioned. You've got now Bandian and Gulbis uh, are, are also in that potential section, like quarter, yeah. So they're, they're potentially wouldn't meet wouldn't meet Rafa until like the quarterfinals, I think. So right, yeah. I, I think a lot of these guys. I was looking at this earlier. I. You know, these guys are dangerous guys, but I think over a best-of-five format, that really helps Rafa a lot. Um, you know, he's been known to have some kind of 
head-scratching losses on hard courts, and maybe that's the case in best of three in Masters play. Um, but, you know, best of five, you got to think with his retooling of his schedule to this year, that should help him coming around to, uh, you know, later in the year and everything too. There's a good first-round match down there with uh, Golbus playing Chardy in the first round. Yeah, that's going to be I a think very good match to watch. That might be the best one to watch in the, out of that, in that, you know, that round of 16. Jill Simone, Donald Young, if you still have, if you still believe in uh, <laughs> in him, but uh, you know that's that's a good day one match for anyone with the grounds pass for sure. Well, the other thing is, look, I mean, this this basically is the burial ground for Spaniards. This is a very Spaniard dense section of the draw, and those guys are going to be knocking each other out. Let's face it; it's almost like there's a conspiracy to stop Spain. You've got Verdasco in that section, in addition to um, Ferrer, Ferrer. Uh, and if you look, getting back to that theme with Nadal, he got he got really lucky, I think, because now granted the seedings kind of determined this, but he has Lubicic, and right the next name down is David Ferrer, and not too far below there at the bottom of that section is Verdasco. So I would take Lopez or um, even some of the other folks in that side, and Lubicic, I think it's a better deal than having to get a Ferrer or Verdasco in your section. So Nadal actually came up to look. So you good. like you like a yeah. section a little, a little like bit more, the, a little bit. Yeah, I like yeah. a section a lot. Yeah. Okay. But then the, the second, then you go down to the second part. I think it gets a lot tougher, right? I mean, you've got Murray, which is probably the one person I think Nadal probably Didn't wouldn't want to see get in, that, in his semi. I don't think he'd want to. I think out of all of them, that's the one that probably gives him the most difficult time on the hard courts. Yeah. Um, the guy I'm thinking could really give Murray a hard time is Nicholas Almagro. This guy's a very, very good player. He hits the cover off the ball. And as good as Murray's defensive skills are, this guy's got the firepower if he's on his game. He, he played some good matches this year. He's, he had a very close loss to Nadal. And, uh, whoa, there's a lot oh, of little, action little What's going on? A little ruckus over there. I'm not sure who that is, actually. I think there's uh, some kind of celebrity coming in here. What do we know about celebrities? Let's get back to the draw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, now, Pete, you mentioned Almagro, but I actually think under now sort of an under-the-radar American with Isner's knowledge and all this Marty Fish talk is Query, who gave Murray some – he lost to him at Wimbledon, but he has shown a number of times this year, hit the cover off of the ball, and I think – I think that before you get to Almagro, that could be a guy who I think really might pose Murray some issues um, it could, during the early rounds. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he could, but, you know, Query has this sort of history of sort of underperforming in the slam. So, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see. It, right now, on paper, it looks pretty good for him, but, you know, well, we'll wait and see. The other seed in here is Vavrinka, and he's actually, a year ago, you would have said this is a much tougher draw with Vavrinka playing the way he was. Vavrinka's game is ta- Stanislaus. Vavrinka's game is tailed off, though. So really, if you're looking at his half of that section, the Murray half, the upper half, you're, you're really looking at Querin Almagro as the guy's most likely to give him a hard time. Right. Well, we're going to... Can we get him there, I think? No. Try to rope in Justin Gimmel's stuff for you. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know you're dying. Today. You're, you're rolling your eyes, I know. But yep. wait, we're going to see if we can get... We'll see what we can do here. We can get Justin but, while, but while we wait... The bottom half of the Murray, the bottom uh, half of the Murray quarter, you got John Isner, who probably will not play from what we're hearing. Uh, I don't know if you have any other intel on that, Pete, at all. But well, he he did not pull his name out. He's a decent kid. I think if you're really pretty sure he wasn't going to play, I think he would have pulled out. So it's it's probably touch and go with him. And you know, I'm I'm leaning toward maybe he plays. I mean, I think he probably didn't want to build up too many expectations. He's leg- legitimately got an ankle injury, so he's probably thinking, look, I mean, I don't want to risk my career on this thing. 
So, but I, I, I think that he's just really playing it safe. Doesn't want to disappoint anybody. Doesn't want to create any expectations. Uh, I, I would. I'm leaning more toward seeing him play than not. Yeah. But, well, there's that uh, Jack Sock who's in there. Yes, he ran a little. He won, ran the, right there. Yeah. won the U18 or um, undefeated in high school. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. We did a story on him in Smash for there all you go. Smash readers out there. No, Patrick McEnroe, the U.S. head of player development, thinks thinks a lot of about Jack Sock. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting good. That's that's one of those matches, an aficionado will will hunt down and go out and see. Yeah, he's playing Chudinelli, who's a pretty good Swiss player. So it should be an interesting match. I think that's the la- another one. To last watch. guy we haven't mentioned. Any of you buy? Any of you see Burdish continuing the up? You know, we we heard him at Wimbledon, and now he's the he's the big half. He's the big player aside from Murray in that draw. Well, he's got a tough first round match with Lodra. So I think, you know, if he can get through that, I think he's definitely someone to look out for. He had a great hardcore season before. I think, why not? I mean, I think he could do really well. I don't want to jump ahead of our discussion here, but one thing I like about this draw is that it's really well set up for a Federer-Nadal final because because uh, Nadal has Berdick in his half and Federer has Soderling in his half. Granted, Federer would have to pay Soderling around earlier in the quarters, I guess. Berdick would get not Nadal in the semis, but it seems to me a very fair draw to set up a Federer-Nadal final. I, I see them, I was looking at all their quarters, I see them do, doing well going through. I noticed actually, also speaking of those two, that all the big Americans avoided Federer and Nadal in their quarters. They're all in either Murray or Djokovic. So, uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, Roger's playing well now. I don't, you're not going to discount Rafa, obviously, just after just a couple of hardcore events. So it does kind of segue, you know, and we've all been kind of waiting for that final for a few years now to get them back into, the, into North America. I don't know, I, I still wouldn't overlook Murray. I'd yeah. pick Murray over Nadal right now. Yeah, Justin Immelstab. We're going to try to get Justin over here in a second. He's got a girl who's got two questions for him. I don't know where she's from, but you got to give everybody a moment. You can't say you're surprised of stopping instead of us here, but we promise not to ask Justin about Anna Kornikova, right? Yeah. American Express invites card members to get a deeper look into the next contenders of the U.S. Open, get insider information, and explore all there is to know about the rising stars of tennis at nextcontenders.com. It's podcast trivia time, sponsored by Prince. Here's a chance to test your tennis knowledge with a tennis.com podcast trivia question brought to you by Prince XO Racket Technology. Are you ready? The question is, as one of the first players on the tour to use a Prince racket, a young Pam Shriver reached the finals of the 1978 U.S. Open with her Prince racket. How old was she? If you think you know the answer to our trivia question, visit the official Prince Tennis Facebook page at facebook.com official.prince.tennis. Once again, that's facebook.com official.prince.tennis. Become a fan today and be sure to leave your answer on the Prince Wall. Talk about good draws for some guys, bad draws. What do you make of this whole draw? Well, it's a, a lot's made of the draws. At the end of the day, you have to go out and play. The top half is definitely tougher. Nadal's half is, is definitely stronger. Uh, he just always seems to draw Murray in his section, which is a tough matchup for him on hard courts. Um, Federer's is draw. The only real bogey I see is Soderling in the quarterfinals, a rematch of last year when Soderling had a set point to bring it to five. I thought Roddick had a very advantageous draw. He wasn't adversely affected by being a ninth seed. Uh, he has a great record against Djokovic and Davidenko in his section. Uh, Monfils hasn't been in form. Um, the women, Sharapova has a tough section, but at least she's on an opposite side of Venus Williams. I think that's, that could be a potential final. Uh, you got to watch out for guys like Nelbandian and Marty Fish. Um, 
But uh, I, I like Burdich and Soderling as well. I think you should keep an eye on them. What about Marcos Bagdadis? He's been playing well this summer. He looks like he's in a resurgence too. Yeah, Bagdadis has been through a Grand Slam final. Had an excellent summer getting to the uh, finals in D.C., uh, the semis in Cincy. He's beaten Nadal. He's been a lot of good players. He's a rough out. Hits the ball smooth, changes direction of the ball well, great backhand, moves well, a shot maker. Um, you know, that could be an interesting third-round matchup with Fish. What do you need tonight? Everything. What I always <laughs> do. I, I'm actually more interested to learn maybe some cooking stuff, but I, uh, I will eat everything, and I am uh, – uh, it's, a, it's a unique event. Uh, hitting chefs and athletes and it's uh, it's a fun night it shows you how much the players are willing to give back by taking time when it's so busy right now and there's so many events and yet they're trying to get geared up for the open so over a hundred thousand kids have been positively affected by the nyjtl and, and the money they raise in events like this so it's a, a great cause thanks for dropping by Justin. okay guys peter always a pleasure thank you i was just gonna say <laughs> justin getting a lot of attention here yes um from Karen Happer. Excuse me while I hug this lady. No. <laughs> I was going to mention, while uh, Justin was there, he was saying, he was mentioning about the uh, NYJTL. Uh, should mention proceeds from this event. It's the New York Junior Tennis League. It offers comprehensive school and community tennis and education programs throughout New York's five boroughs. And they have been around for a long, long time. It's a very, yeah. very good outfit. And I actually taught one summer at for that NJ, NYJTL yeah. summer? Oh. About uh, 12 years ago. Yeah. Largest tennis and education-themed community organization in the U.S. Uh, serves 100,000 children each year. One of the things, in fact, emphasized today at the draw, they did a dog and pony show early on. The USDA did on, on, change, <clears throat> excuse me, on changes at the Open. And one of the things they wanted to stress, one of the things you're going to be seeing on your TV sets during this entire U.S. Open is a series of commercials promoting the link between the USTA and the grassroots game of tennis. It's, you know, uh, it's going to really attempt to really get a, a much better image of the USTA as doing what they do best and what they do most, what their mandate and their mission is, which is to grow the game of tennis. Oh, you think they'd start to do like a kid's day besides like during the tournament, not before, not just the kid's day on the Sunday, but maybe actually like, sort of like the French Open anyway. does it. There's no more seats to give. I mean, going <laughs> forward, it could be an idea. It's sort of the French Open idea. does it. It's a very That's right. popular day. Yeah. You know, One of the not? things they're going to do, by the way, is going to be uh, on Thursday night of the uh, second week, men's quarterfinal, one men's quarterfinal. That's all they've budgeted that night in terms of a lot of action. They're going to have a doubles match. Anna Kornikova, uh, Martina Hingis against... I believe it's Mats Vilander, and I'm blanking out on a fourth guy, but another yep. blast from the past kind of a name. Plus, they're going to do a demonstration of the Quick Start tennis program that they have on the court. Okay. Yeah. Well, with that, we'll uh, get back to the other half of the men's of the men's draw at the Open. Um, this top half of the second uh, second page, if you're pulling, if you're looking online along with us, uh, this is where Nikolai Davidenko is, Andy Roddick is couple of guys who some some veterans who've had some injury issues this year it's and a then big if it's a big if a lot of, a lot of section. iffy section this is where <laughs> Novak Djokovic is always sort of injury prone in his own unique and unique way um, Marty Fish is here um, probably one of the hottest players on tour Monfils Bellucci um, but I, I agree with you David about the ifs like I just this section smells of something that can really kind of go wherever like in the top half, I could you know I could even see a guy like Bellucci like making like, just a random run, just depending on who he's catching at the right day, and 
but sure. you know Andreev is there I mean there's a lot of people I mean we James Blake is in this draw I mean there's a lot even Djokovic wait wait wait, wait, wait. Yeah. James come on I mean, <laughs> well, we, we, we love big James F, but exactly although you is know James, gonna, James has Vliegen yeah. he beats him he gets potentially the winner of a qualifier um, and Monaco. And Monaco. So, That's I mean, what I mean. You know, you know, you know, it's an if. You know, you, you never know. There's a bunch of these guys. I mean, I think everyone wants to see Baghdad as fish. That looks, and I, I mean, I think we'd love to see Roddick Monfils, but, you know, is Monfils going to deliver? And getting back to my, to my original thing with Nadal, is I like to look at these quarters in halves, actually. So, I mean, breaking them down to 16 is pretty awkward. But still, you look at, you know, these guys will all tell you over and over. You read about it saying, you know, getting through the first, it's all, it's all about getting to the second week. It's all about getting through your first couple rounds. That's when things are always a little edgy, a little stressful, a little nervous, making a little unpredictable. And it, you've got to love Andy Roddick's setup here in, a, in, in his half of that. I do quarter. as well. I do as yeah. well. You yeah. know, Bellucci, Grant, I think Bellucci's more dangerous than Monfils myself. The guy's, the guy's going to break out one of these days. I have a lot of, I think he's a great left-handed talent, you know, real smooth game. But on, on balance, again, Roddick avoids the... The lower the section right below him in that same quarter, you've got Baghdadis, you've got Fish, uh, you, you've got um, you know a Blake who could catch fire, and then you've got Djokovic. So I would say, yeah, I, I would say look out for Tipsarovic though. He could be potentially Roddick's you know second round match, and yes, that's and that, and that's, in there too, and that, and that's Tipsarovic is tough. I mean, he's beaten Roddick before in a slam, so I I don't know. I would, and he's been playing fairly well. So I don't know. I, I would. I wouldn't overlook him either. A big story there too. I think in a way, not, maybe not a story, but a big question mark is Nikolai Davidenko. I mean, yeah. the guy's number six. He's still really living off last year's results in terms of his ranking, and he seems to me a very soft guy to be Top at the head seat, of that yeah. uh, head of that section. And that that also makes life easier for Roddick and, and the other guys. In well, that what, what do you got? What about Fish here? I mean, there's there's Roddick and everything, but um, you know, Fish he's done it all summer. He did it at a good event, a really big event in Cincinnati. Um, you know, and, and we're talking about his, everybody talks about his fitness. Now it's in best of five where fitness should play even more of a premium. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we've seen, him, we've seen this before from him as well. Plays well going into a slam and then, you know, underperforms. So. I think David's right. The fitness issue with Marty here is going to be in his head, I think. I mean, he's played some match. I remember one match a couple of years ago I saw him play here against who? Uh, Jose Acasuso, I think it was, left-handed Argentinian player. Fish had the game. Fish had the match wrapped up. I don't know how he found a way to lose it, but he did. And you know, Marty's a very talented player. You know, finals of Indian Wells. You know, that was good. And I'm a believer in what he's done and his ability to come through. But he's going to have to get over those mental hurdles. Yeah, he's, it's it's a good point. It's it's going to come through, and this is the most pressure packed of all those moments for him if he gets that far. Um, the bottom half of the this draw. Uh, this is where Federer is. Uh, his quarterfinal opponent, he got the fifth seed. He got Soderling, who he knows all too well. Soderling beat him at the French, ended his quarterfinal run at Grand Slams. Um, the guys in between them, a, real, a very low-seeded Fernando Gonzalez. Yeah, um, a, lot of, a lot of old guys in this one. You've got Hewitt, Ferrero, Meltzer. <laughs> you know, you've got a lot of guys who've yeah, been around for a all while. all of Federer's buddies, basically, in Look, there. Look, if I told you Federer would have to beat two former number ones, including a U.S. Open champion and a U.S. Open runner-up, to win just his 16th, getting back to my theme, mm -hmm. you think, no way. But then you look at his record with Hewitt, he owns the guy. Uh, Juan Carlos Ferrero, uh, I don't think he's troubled Federer very much in a recent past Yeah, just year. just in yeah. the older times, I would say. And uh, the chances of, I, I can't even imagine Ferrero, Ferrero getting there, although you never know. And who's the next highest seat in that 16th, in that bottom half of Federer's quarter? Melzer at 13. All respect to him, he's played well, but he's a number 13 seed, and he's never been. Yeah. Although Chilich, Chilich is there too, 
And Chilich is, you know, Chilich plays tough, and he plays well in the hard courts. You never know. Yep. Might do something. He had a big run in Australia, but we haven't seen too much since. Um, yeah, exactly. Soderling could get dent, actually, in round two. Um, you know, R Robin is... He's he's done it this year too, I, I guess. I mean, I, I think you have to kind of like him a little way. There's Debacher in there as well. Some so some guys that you know could trouble him in the right day, I think. But pretty comfortable overall, I think. I think in my opinion, he'll meet Federer in the end, and we'll they played each other in slams. A, I, I feel like every slam the past two years. I remember talking about this with you, Pete. You're last year at the Open actually, but um, that could be an interesting match if it comes to that. We have some more. Uh, just taking we a look here on the. We got some ladies coming in here. Just taking a look here on the uh, the green carpet. It's not the red carpet. It's the green carpet. What's the difference between the red carpet? David should know this because <laughs> yeah. David's on top of this stuff. What's the yeah. difference between a red carpet and a green carpet? I was trying to figure that out myself. I was wondering if they said something to do with uh, going green. Going green, go. maybe, or Move maybe because it's inside. <laughs> I had a few theories on it, but you know. Uh, I think we should go ask. Uh, we're we're pretty green Warren. here at the podcast. You know, we have a lot of wind power for you <laughs> yeah. folks. Well, and uh, just a reminder for this: if you need to go to the website here, it's bnpparibatasteoftennis.com. All one all one word: bnpparibatasteoftennis.com. You've been listening to the Tennis.com podcast from Taste of Tennis in New York City, sponsored by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. And by American Express. American Express card members can get the most out of the U.S. Open. For all the latest news and events, head over to tennis.com.